Madison. Hey Joe, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. the The class this morning was a little hectic, but it's kids the, made tic tac toe. So it's the end of a long day of teaching for us. You taught a class. Mm -hmm. I taught a class. Yep. But this is what we've been looking forward to the most. This is our fun job. I've been thinking about recording this podcast since we did the first one. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about. I can't wait to record another podcast since we did the first one. It's a little addicting. Yeah. Like the pretzel. Ooh, that sonic pretzel. <laughs> if you missed the first episode, we talk too long, probably, about sonic pretzels. Not sponsored, but... Should be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about today? So today, we're talking about being beginners, which is something that we here at Make Do... Uh, we provide that experience all the time for people. We're kind of in the business of helping people be good beginners. Yes, absolutely. We also ourselves are constantly beginners, like now. Yes. Hey, I'm a beginner at being a children's program director. <laughs> or, sorry, kids program kids director. Kids program director. Yeah. We're beginner podcasters. Ooh, yes. We have been probably still currently beginner YouTubers. Oh, yeah. There's only a few <laughs> videos on YouTube. Um, so it felt fitting that this that we would talk about this idea of be beginnership, beginnerhood, <laughs> at the beginning of our podcast. Absolutely. So today we were just going to discuss what it's like to be a beginner, some things that we personally experience as beginners, and hopefully maybe give you some tips from stuff that we've learned personally and things that we've uh, watched here in our studio. So, yeah. yeah. Some takeaways for how to be a good beginner. Okay. I have a story about being a beginner. Ooh, do tell. Um, so I knew we were going to talk about this. I was trying to think of a time when I was a beginner, like a funny story about being a beginner. Mm -hmm. And it actually took me a while because I think I have blocked a lot of my experiences as a beginner, probably because it's a little bit traumatic for me as wanting to also be good at things, that then I don't want to remember what it's like to be a beginner. But this memory did stand out rather abruptly. My first car was a stick shift. Oh. So I had to learn how to drive a stick. Yeah. And it was a 1987 Volkswagen Cabriolet. Convertible. Did you name it? Did it have a name? Did it have a name? I don't think it had a name. I don't think I was naming my cars yet when oh. I had this car. So, um, but oh my gosh, I loved it. If it was an option for me to still have that car now. Really? I, you'd you'd have a convertible? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yes, I would. Even with that coiffed hair? Because you come in and your hair is like, it is perfectly done. Don't you think a convertible would give me, because I'm always wanting volume, volume, volume. I feel like a convertible would be exactly what I would need. To get that windblown yes. look? I see. Okay. Even though it is only like a half mile drive from my house to the studio and I never go above like 25, I would maybe have to drive around the block. Gotcha. <laughs> get the full, to get the full volume that you want. Yeah. Anyway, my dad and I had been in the parking lot trying to learn how to drive the stick for probably like a good hour. And I felt like I had it. This was going to be my first time driving on the road. Ooh. And I didn't want to do it. And my dad was like, you can do it. You can do it. So we get on the road and I'm driving. As long as I could get started, I was fine. We had to stop at a stoplight and I'm the first car in line at the stoplight. So okay. we're stopped. I'm already getting nervous. What am I going to do when the light turns green? I was so nervous. So the light turned green and I go, I try to go, and I couldn't, and I tried again, and I couldn't, and I tried again, and finally I stalled it. Oh. So my car is, like, dead. And then I freaked out. I didn't know how to just start my car again. You have to hold the clutch in. I, anyway, people were honking at me. People were driving. Oh. I got so flustered. I just, I'm sure I just started bawling. I was like, Daddy, I can't do this. And so he got out. We switched seats. He got in. I'm sure he was waving at everyone honking, like, could you please just calm down? Like, this will be fine. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So, uh, it wasn't a great experience. Hysterical now, looking back. Oh, um, sure. And then I got really good at driving a stick. And I loved it. I could start on a hill 
without rolling back at all. What? Impressive. That is awesome. So I loved it. But I, when I was thinking back about that experience and just how that applies to being a beginner and there's the skill that you have to learn, like you have to kind of understand how something works, but then there's also the feel of it. Understood what was happening. You push the clutch in and you put it into gear and then you go. But it was like just the that feeling of the gas and the clutch and all of that. So anyway, that's my story. Wow. Kind of makes me think of I started plucking my eyebrows when I was like 12. I'm already liking where this Oh is yeah. <laughs> um yeah, cringy Madison story time. Um so you know, you get your first pair of tweezers, you're, you know, preteen, you're like, okay, I'm going to start to like enter womanhood through grooming. So <laughs> I start tweezing and my, my hair is already light. Um, I have blonde or darker blonde eyebrows, but they were even lighter when I was younger. So I would try to pluck these like very light light blonde hairs that no one could probably see anyway. And it was just making like texture on my face. And I was like, okay, these need to get gone. Well, then I started moving into some of the darker hairs and I was like, well, that one is a little, that one's a little curly. That's not straight. We'll just get rid of that one. Or, <laughs> oh, that one just doesn't look like, we'll get rid of that one. Well, and I'm, I'm up close in the mirror. I'm just like really focused on my eyebrows. And then I step back and I'm like, something doesn't seem right. What? What's going on here? So then I go downstairs thinking, you know, maybe this is what plucked eyebrows are meant to look like. I go downstairs and my mother just kind of gives me this look. And she's like, have you been plucking your eyebrows? <laughs> Which in is like the Southern way of saying, oh, no, oh, you've made honey. a mistake. And I said, yes. And she goes, they look a little thin. And I thought, oh, no. My first picture on my driver's license, I had to draw in parts of my eyebrows because I was just an overzealous plucker because I was just so focused on the detail of like being up close with my face that when I stepped back, I didn't realize how ridiculous <laughs> it looked. But as far as that ties into being a beginner, I think sometimes we get so hyper-focused on just this one thing, this one aspect of um, whatever we're trying to get good at, that when we step back, we realize that maybe we should have just stepped back before and taken a um, taken account of the big picture instead and then try to evaluate from there. Do you think it's possible to take a look at the big picture when you're a beginner? I think so. I actually, when I was thinking about being a beginner, one of the things that I do is I take whatever I'm working on, whatever I'm practicing with, I put it down, and then I walk away. And then when I come back, I, I'm not so hyper-focused on each individual part of it. Mm -hmm. And so the whole cohesive piece, whether it's like right now I'm trying to learn how to knit, and that's not going very well, in my opinion. Um, but when I, when I come back to it, it's like I have fresh eyes, almost. Right. If that makes sense. Right. I think that one thing that makes it difficult for beginners is that you don't know. I think it's hard to see the big picture. Or mm -hmm. you don't know what the big picture should look like. And so then every little mistake that you're making seems like it is ruining everything. I find it difficult to put whatever I'm working on in perspective of the big picture because I only have experience with it for, you know, so short of time. Okay. If we're talking about classes that make do and we have someone who's coming to learn to sew for the first time and we're making a quilt and they have a little bit of trouble sewing straight lines, let's say, when they're first piecing their quilt together. Yeah. In the long run, in the whole big picture of your quilt, I know we can fix that down the road. Like, it doesn't matter if you get that stage perfect at the beginning. Yes. And so that's what I think as a beginner, I do not have a good understanding of the whole picture and what is important mm -hmm. and what is not important. 
when I'm first learning something new. I can kind of see that. that. Makes sense? Yes. Um, I guess what I think is like, I think of, oh, I've made a mistake here. Oh, this doesn't look good. Or if I leave this the way it is, it will look unfinished. Um, I kind of get this way with paintings when I, I'm also very much a beginner at watercolor too. Um, sometimes when I walk away and I come back, I realize that those things that I thought were mistakes turn out to either be not noticeable or become a better part of the of whatever I'm working on. Right. Well, and don't you think that that is something, you may be a beginner at a particular craft, like a beginner at watercolor or a beginner at knitting, but you are not a beginner when it comes to exploring creativity or doing Ooh, that is different true. creative things. So you almost, I don't know if it's even fair for us to have this conversation <laughs> about, about being a beginner with creative things because that's what we do all the time. Oh, we're constantly exercising yeah. that. And I might be a beginner at a particular creative activity, but I've started enough new creative activities to know what to expect when I start something new. Yes. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It does. So, so in that sense, it kind of gives me a perspective to, okay, I can't judge this at the beginning. Okay, I need to step back from this. Okay, this will get better. Yes. Because I am a little bit experienced at being new at things. At being new at creative yes, things. Yes, um, I'd actually just learned how to change the oil in my car recently, like just this past weekend. And that just goes over my head because right. for me, being creative means that I can, I can step back and fix things and come back to it. But if I screw up changing the oil in my car, like I've done messed up my car. Yep. Um, I'll come pick you up. You, you yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. If your car just like shakes to a halt, <laughs> I'll come get you. So, because there was such a small margin for error, and that's way out of my comfort zone, um, I had my dad there teaching me how to do it. A guy who's been changing the oil in that specific car for years now. Um, and that helped me to be more comfortable, to be able to ask questions. So we are very experienced with creative things. Mm -hmm. And we are the kind of people who um, would maybe not come to a class, but would just look something up. Right. Whereas maybe someone who was in a similar situation as me with changing the oil in my car, having a person there who's done it before is so much better than say, looking up a YouTube video. Cause I don't know if I'd trust someone guiding me through YouTube, you know, to go through changing the oil in my car. Yeah. Cause that's something I'm not comfortable with. Okay, well, similar car problem. I got a flat tire, so I watched videos on how to change my flat tire. Oh. Um, and then I purposefully changed it at a time when I didn't, I was in my driveway, when I didn't think anyone would drive by to offer help to me. You're kidding. Uh-uh. So why, like why I did didn't you know? want the help? Oh, so it wasn't a thing of you were concerned that someone would see you doing it and they would, and you would become embarrassed, but it was just, you wanted to do it on your own. Yeah. I wanted to do it myself and I felt like, okay, this is going to make me sound ungrateful for any time a man has offered me help. That's not the point. <laughs> but I felt like if people drove by, if a man drove by and saw a woman by herself trying to change the tire that he would automatically just offer me help. And I wanted to do it myself. So I, I see that leads us to the point of being a beginner and where that intersects with asking for help. And it's hard for me to ask for help. Even though I always, I love giving people help. I love teaching oh, yeah. people how to do new things. Really? You do? You haven't, you know, <laughs> made a whole studio and career out of teaching people how to do new things? <laughs> yeah, but it's hard for me to be the one who needs the help yeah. to be a beginner. I feel that way, too. Um, I feel like when I'm starting something new, like changing an oil, like changing the oil in my car, I just kept thinking, I'm a fraud. This, this isn't me. This isn't what I do. I feel silly doing this. Like, people will walk by and be like, mm, what is that girl trying to do underneath her car? 
why does she think that she can do this? Yeah. Which I think touches on something even deeper <laughs> that um, something that I struggle with is, you know, not feeling enough. And I think that comes out sometimes when I'm a beginner. A beginner. Yeah. Almost like you don't have the authority, like the personal authority to be trying something. Yes. You know, we get that a lot here at Make Do with people who who think that they aren't creative. Oh, absolutely. And th- that is a conversation for a different episode because <laughs> I can talk at length <laughs> about the fact that if you're listening to this and you think you aren't creative, you're wrong. You are creative. But that's beside the point. What I hear a lot of people saying is, well, I can copy something, but I can't come up with that on my own. Or um, people feeling like they can't make good art at something. And like we have this idea in our head that creativity also somehow is synonymous with successfully creating a piece of art. Yes. And I think that there is a difference between um, learning a new skill, like learning how to sew, learning how to weave, being a beginner at watercolor, being a beginner hand letterer. Learning it is one thing, and then creating something completely original is a separate thing. That's true. And that doesn't happen at the beginner stage. I don't think that you can both learn a skill and create original work in the same uh, moment. Absolutely. I think of my, well, my training um, in college was to be a um, middle school English teacher. And so I think of um, teaching students how to write. That is both a skill and also a creative task. We don't expect students to start writing essays that would um, be published in some sort of anthology. What we expect them to do is to do their best with what they know, and then we edit, revise, and then keep going. And even at that point, when we're going through that process, we're not expecting these kids to create high art when they're just now learning how to create a paragraph or to craft an argument. That comes later. Right, like there's so many things that are involved with it that you kind of have to take time with each one. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's crazy to have the expectation of, I'm going to go learn how to sew, and by the end of this three-hour lesson, I will be able to, you know, design my own quilt with its own, you know, what are the quilt squares and things. Sorry, I'm not the quilter here. That's, that's, Joe's, um, that's Joe's area of expertise. But to think that you could design that after a simple class is silly and we are so hard on ourselves. Well, I think that brings up a really good point of of managing expectations. And so if I look back at times I've been a beginner, when I'm able to manage my expectations, which honestly is not something that I do very well, it makes that process of being a beginner a lot more enjoyable um, when I'm not also then expecting to be perfect, when I give myself space to revise or to learn or to to change and grow. So I know that's something that when I'm teaching class, I try to help people have a realistic, realistic expectations for your first time doing something. Oh, yeah. Especially when, and it's easy to, I, I think this is why creativity lends itself so well to a conversation like this, because we can all scroll through Instagram and see these beautiful things that people make, whether it's, you know, polymer clay earrings or something hand lettered or a beautiful textured weaving or macrame wall hanging. Yes. We can see all of that. And then we expect that in two hours as a beginner, maybe we'll be able to do that. Well, no. Yeah. But we can break it down enough to give people the next step then to keep, um, to keep learning that thing but as long as expectations can be managed. All I'm trying to say is <laughs> if we manage expectations, then I think it takes out a lot of the need to be a good beginner unless you just enjoy the process of learning something new. Absolutely. You take out those expectations, then all of a sudden it's a little bit easier to ask questions. It's easier to uh, stop and um, 
ask for repetition for I need I need to see this again I need to look at this again and that kind of brings up the you you and through the creative process you almost start to understand a little bit more about yourself what do you need as a beginner what do you need as a person in order to learn this skill um, and that can be kind of a scary place for people so a lot of people aren't willing to sort of open up and look at themselves and think, okay, what do I need out of this? Are you, do you mean it can be scary to maybe find your vulnerability as a beginner? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I like to think of myself as a relatively intelligent person, but if I have to keep asking someone questions, uh -huh. I'm like, well, does that mean I'm not smart? Does that mean I, I'm not very good at this? And so it, it makes me start to question, okay, what does that mean for me as a person? Some of that also feeds into the managing expectations right. as well. What do you think are some of the barriers or like some of the obstacles, some of the reasons why people would choose not to try something new? The first thing that comes to mind is time. Okay. Because the first time you try something, it's going to take you a while. The first time that I tried to sew a dress... It took me so long, and sewing is a long process to begin with, but having to go back and undo something, having to go back and recut something, it would just take such a long time. And for some people, they may think, well, if it's going to take a while, why bother? I'll just do something that is satisfying to me that is faster yeah that you already know absolutely that's interesting I would never have even thought of that as a barrier oh really for me well the biggest barrier is uh, not being good at it oh just that you're gonna have to continue to try and try and try yeah or not knowing like if there was something that I thought okay I know I'll be good at that then mm -hmm. I'll try it oh. but if it's something that I think Mm, that seems like there's a lot of room for failure. <laughs> well, I think I'll stay away from that one. Gotcha. So kind of, I guess kind of staying in my lane and not pushing myself out of new things, which I know sounds weird when you look at make do what we do. And then I ask other people to trust me with their beginnerness. Like I ask people to come into that space. Yes. And so I feel hypocritical a lot knowing that that I w don't willingly do that. Yeah, I guess I've, I've never thought, well, I guess I think about it being difficult if you're just not good at it. I've, I've reached a point in my creative life where I'm like, you know, if I really tried hard at this creative thing, maybe I would be able to squeak out something that's passable, right? But I also think my, my husband plays a lot of video games and I, I just don't have the reflexes for that. I can make very tiny stitches, but if you ask, ask me to throw down in Smash Bros, it's yeah. not happening. I just don't have that quick reflex. And so I don't reach for it because I'm not good at it. Right. Like, and there's a lot of, I mean, he's so talented at it naturally, but I'm not naturally good at that. So I don't reach for that type of interaction with him because I know I'm not good at it. There's a lot of room for error. So, ooh, what you just said, that brings up an, another thing I hadn't thought about. <laughs> I love having conversations with you, Madison. Oh. So you said, because he's not a beginner. No. But you are. Oh, yes. So would you be more willing to practice what Smash Bros? Is that yes. what you call it? Okay. <laughs> to do that with someone else who was a beginner? Probably. Because I feel, okay... I have snowboarded twice, Oh, but I'm not a good snowboarder. Now I feel like my body is getting a little older <laughs> and my knees would just break. Um, but I would not want to go snowboarding with someone who loves snowboarding oh. because I would feel like my beginnerhood was somehow infringing on their experience as someone who is not a beginner. You're slowing them down. You're yeah. keeping them from having fun. Yeah. So like so that would be one example. And another would be um, speaking Spanish. Oh, yes. So I was a Spanish minor in college. I was probably on the verge of being fluent, mm -hmm. but I mean, not anymore. But if I knew the, the person I was talking to didn't know English, 
I could speak Spanish to them. If okay. I knew that they knew English, I could not speak Spanish to them because I would think, what if, if their English is better than my Spanish? Oh. Then they're going to be judging me. See, it all goes back to like wanting to do something perfectly. Or yes. I would want to be able to completely structure my sentence in Spanish, it be grammatically correct, use all the right words, instead of just fumbling through the sentence and letting them correct me and learning from that experience, I would already try to have it all in my head. Oh. So I think there's benefit to being a beginner among other beginners. So you're saying that if there was some sort of place where people could come and learn to do something that together that maybe none of them have a lot of experience with, that that would be a a better, more pleasurable experience. That would be a cool place. Yeah, that would be. I think that's why Make Do Once People Come is something that can be so appealing because um, you are, like like we've already had said, we would both just watch uh, something on YouTube and teach ourselves how to do it. But then you're learning that skill in a vacuum. You're not getting to learn lessons alongside someone else. Yes. You have to make all the mistakes. If I'm doing it on my own, I have to make all the mistakes to learn the lesson. But if I'm learning next to other beginners, I can make some mistakes, they can make some mistakes, and we still learn all of the things. Yes. So just today in our hand sewing class, so these kids are... um, they're a little bit on the younger side, and most of them don't have any experience sewing. It's just their first time with a needle and thread. I had one mother come up to me and say, this is such a confidence booster mm. for my child. Mm-hmm. They're learning something new with other people, so they're getting that sort of social aspect, um, and they're also getting to learn that new skill, and that just builds your it, it kind of helps to build your sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just made me kind of giddy. Yeah. <laughs> that was very exciting. Yes. And you know the lesson that I think I need to learn from that is that that sense of self, that confidence, comes from the courage to be a beginner, not from the success of the outcome. Oh, for sure. I'm still learning that lesson, that it's the process where I learn and where I grow and where I become more confident and more resilient. It's the process. It's not the, oh, look, I was able to do this well. And I think kids really nail that because they they don't have that idea in their head of like, this is what it needs to look like. This is This is how good I need to be. They're just excited that they've created something that they were able to teach other people. That also happened. This morning as well, we had kids teaching other kids, um, helping them out. That is what builds their confidence. It's that process, not what they end up with at the end. Right. Do the kids compare themselves to each other? I haven't noticed it. I have yet to notice that. Um, if 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 a student does get frustrated, it tends to be with their own project rather than looking over at someone else's and saying oh why doesn't mine look like that right because I think that can be a barrier for adults I know for me personally is that idea of comparison someone else is getting it faster than you someone else is understanding and you're not theirs looks better than yours and you're both supposed to be beginners but obviously someone lied because theirs is better than yours yeah well and I think we rob ourselves of being able to be proud of something even if it's not, say, it doesn't look, quote, as good or isn't as good as someone else's, you are allowed to be proud of a thing that you have created, Mm -hmm. even if it is the worst-looking thing in the room. Amen. Just saying. (laughs) You are allowed to be proud of something. Someone else's finished product does not negate the fact that what you did, what took courage, and you are able to learn something new doesn't doesn't void it at all because it's not about the that final thing it's no the process yeah okay i'm gonna switch gears a little bit all right what do you think about the phrase fake it till you make it i want to like it because i i kind of naturally riff on some things especially when i'm put in the moment 
So I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm like kind of okay with the phrase, but I think that keeps you from being able to reach out to other people. It's like I need to fake it and no one else needs to know. Yes. That that's what I was trying to get you to say. Oh, it's that like, was really what I wanted to get at. <laughs> it's unfair for me to ask you questions like that when I already have something in mind. Well, I mean, I'm I'm supposed to be able to read your mind at this point. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm here, right? So. Well, and I really kind of wanted to get, I mean, I obviously had a, a motivation to ask that, but what I'm hearing you say is on one hand, it's good because it keeps you from not doing that thing. Yeah. Like you're just going to just do it. Mm-hmm. Just pretend like you know what you're doing. Absolutely. And just keep doing it. Yeah. The reason I don't like it or that I feel like it can be dangerous is because I think it puts pressure on you for no one to know that you're new at something. Like you oh. don't want anyone to know. I don't want anyone to know this is the first time I've taught this class. I don't feel prepared to teach this class, so I'm going to fake it till I make it. Oh, yes. Instead of saying wait a minute, this is the first time I'm teaching this class. There are going to be some weird hurdles or, or things I wasn't expecting. Why can't I just be upfront about that and we all learn together? Oh, man, do I feel that, especially with this pandemic that's going on. People are having to do all kinds of new things, and it's just so much easier to take that that expectation of like, well, this is so stressful. I've never had to do this before. You're right. You'll make mistakes. You'll fumble. But this is the first time that you've ever done it. Give yourself some grace. And maybe it, that's something that we can look back and see the lessons or look back and tell a story and like, oh, here's how I, here's all I learned is I was faking it till I was making it. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if by having that approach or if, if that's our external um, the lens that we're letting other people see our journey in if we are almost belittling the mistakes or, or belittling the process, all that it took for us to get to a certain place. Well, there's a lot of people that look at you, Joe, and think she's got it. She's got all these great ideas. She has a wonderful studio. She has pivoted so well Madison oh my goodness please but um and you do have a lot of wonderful ideas but you've talked about with me that there's a lot of first time things that you've had to do with taking make do to where it is now do you have any insight about what that's been like maybe that's part of why this feels like an important part of the conversation about being a beginner because it is something that I am having to struggle with that idea of imposter syndrome, which we have mentioned here and we've talked about at length and I'm sure we'll never stop coming up in conversation because it is so real. Yeah. I think what I am wanting to be able to find a way to transition into more is letting people in on the struggle a little bit. You know, that's one thing that's exciting to me about a podcast, it gives us place to have those conversations of things that are hard. Also, even this fact of talking about being beginners, we could easily um, fake it until we make it being podcasters. Oh, that's so true. And act like we know everything. It took us um, an embarrassing amount of time again today to remember (laughs) how to set everything up. Also to remember where we put everything the last time we recorded our podcast. Oh, it's true. So... Um, now I don't even remember what you asked me. You, it just, I guess if there, if I have advice on people about, well, what, what are some things that in make do you had in the process of creating make do being a first timer? Do you have any insight into what was that like? Oh gosh. Share us, maybe, maybe just give us a, a little taste of maybe some of the struggle you had. You know, this goes back, I think, to that idea of learning on in a vacuum, trying to teach yourself things versus finding help. Um, there was no one doing what I wanted to do. So part of it was I couldn't go talk to someone else who was had a creative studio that was teaching classes and get their feedback on what I should do. Yeah. So I looked for that. 
Um, I know it exists. I just didn't know how to find it. I'm not saying I'm the first person <laughs> to think of this thing that we're doing. I know it exists. I just couldn't find that help. Yes. So one thing I did was just look for people who were doing something adjacent to what I was doing. So maybe it was okay. somebody who had started a nonprofit, R regardless of if their nonprofit looked like mine or not. What steps did they take? And then maybe I was able to find someone who was teaching sewing classes. It wasn't anything like what we were doing or what I wanted to do, but it was one aspect of it. In Make Do's story specifically, that is one thing that I did was look for, um, kind of break it down. Okay, here's what I want to do. Here's all the different pieces. And then find people who could help me maybe with one piece, but not with the whole thing. Oh, okay. And then kind of piece that together myself. Yeah. Um, also, I've always done, and this is partly out of necessity, I've always done all of Make Do's um, graphic yes. lo logos and stuff. Well, our current logo, the one we have now I did, but there was one before this that someone kind of helped me with. But the very first logo, <laughs> I did. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll post it. I was so proud of it in the moment when yeah. I made it. But when I look back now, I'm like, oh, Sweet oh. little beginner. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm actually really proud of myself that I was proud of what I came up with. Yeah. As a beginner, not really knowing what I was doing. And then that I didn't hold on to that thing so tightly that I wouldn't let it get better. Oh, yes. I guess what I'm trying to say is being willing to learn something and then keep learning it. Like, keep improving, which sounds so obvious. And maybe this is just my personality type. But it's like I want, when I put something out there, I want it to already be the best and to everyone to be so impressed that <laughs> then we can just walk away. All just be like, done. Odd and impressed. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. But you had enough humility to be able to continue to improve um, the Make Do logo, even into COVID-19 when we uh, changed our logo on a few things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our logo changed from Make Do to Mask Do. Which thankfully, I think, hopefully. We're that switching back to Make Do. Yes. <laughs> and we're <laughs> stepping back from the masks a little bit and continuing on with our classes. But yeah. I think but you if you need a mask, you can order one. We'll send it to oh, you. Oh, yes. I'll make, I'll make it real quick for Madison you. Madison will make it for you. Ch I'm going to change the subject a little. I'm tired of just talking about myself <laughs> too about this. Um, I wonder what is the motivation for learning new things? Oh, okay. Because we should always be learning. Yes, we should be. And as someone who was trained as a teacher, I'm a firm believer that as humans, we need to continue to learn. Learning does not stop at school. And we need to take the things, the tools that we've learned at school to continue to know how to learn. So yeah, it's important for us to keep trying new things. Yeah. But I wonder if it's all, if it's kind of synonymous, like being a beginner and learning new things. I mean, I know you can learn, you can be learning things that are just knowledge, like that are, you wrote facts, whatever. Learning. Yeah. Like in school, but just that idea of learning new skills, trying out new things that you're not good at doesn't have to, it can be video games this doesn't have yes. to be something creative and I think this sometimes happens to adults kids are always learning new things right. they're having to try new foods they're having to learn how to tie their shoes they're you know having to learn how to navigate new friendships somehow we got in this idea in our heads that as adults like once we've hit a certain age we don't really have to learn things anymore um which is very silly um I have to learn every year I have to relearn how to pay my property taxes and get my car oh, registered it's <laughs> so true and we get frustrated with that we're like oh I should already know this by yeah, now yeah, by yeah. now I should have it all figured out no you shouldn't the beauty of life is being able to to constantly learn new things and become a person who has a wide variety of skills available to them. I mean, there, there are people who are masters of a specific craft and that's really cool. Um, but amassing this sort of repertoire of, of skills or, or even art forms as you, you know, travel through this life, I think is really cool. Makes you a diverse person, allows you to think, 
when you so that when you do try new things, you think, oh, this method worked when I tried this over here. I can take that same logic and bring it to this new thing. It's what keeps ideas and creations fresh is constantly kind of dipping your toes into various new things. I think it keeps us from getting bored oh, and yeah. being kind of stuck, getting stuck. Yes. Getting in a rut. And I was thinking about this. I do not like being a beginner, but I love learning new things or getting a passion for new things. And then I get mildly obsessed. Oh, you just like, this is all I want to do. Yeah. It's like all I can think about. And it could be anything. It could be making a podcast. And so then I will spend hours watching YouTube on how to make a podcast, looking up audio equipment, designing our cover art, thinking about all of the things. <laughs> then the danger for me is sometimes not being a beginner necessarily, but continuing to do something. It's like I am kind of driven by conquering something, like figuring something out and mm -hmm. doing it well, and then I'm ready to move on. Or not even doing it well, just doing it till I'm tired of it and then moving on to the next thing. I see. Which actually works well with my job here at Make Do because we're constantly trying to get out new classes. So I can say, oh, well, we need to have a loom weaving class. Well, who's going to teach that? Well, I guess I will. Well, I guess I'll figure out how to be a loom weaver. Yes. And then I can say, oh, well, people want macrame, so let me learn macrame. I kind of get to be a little bit chaotic in my approach and what I'm spending time on. But I'm also not great at doing multiple of those things at one time because when something is new and exciting, I just get completely engrossed and obsessed. So like thinking, I want to build a deck. Here, true story. Yeah. I came in and told Madison, I think I want to build a deck. And then that night I had designed my deck and I drew it out to scale on graph paper. And then which, I... Yeah, which you love to do, by the way. Yes. <laughs> then I texted a friend, a friend who knows how to build decks and said, hey, can you just come over so I can ask you some questions because I want to DIY a deck. Yeah. So then the next day before he and his wife were coming over for dinner for me to pick his brain and get his expertise, I taught myself SketchUp on the computer. Wait, so in a night? <laughs> no, in an afternoon here at Make Do. Oh boy. I could not focus on my job here at Make Do because all I could do was think about my deck. Yes. And so then I taught myself SketchUp so that I could draw my deck in 3D so that when he came over for dinner, I could have a 3D picture for him. Oh it sounds, I really hope that that, I'm not trying to sound impressive look at all this that I did as a beginner. It is not helpful because I cannot do that all the time. Nothing gets done. Yes. When I get obsessed about something. <laughs> That's, yeah, I could see where that could be. That I need some a, moderation. Yeah, that could be a problem. You actually have helped me a lot with this. <laughs> what? Because the day that I did SketchUp, you weren't here. Oh, yeah. Where had you gone? I don't remember. I was like in my office by myself. No one knew what I was doing. I did not have to be responsible and do my real job. I could just totally check out into this thing that I was obsessed with. But you being here constantly, I mean, especially since COVID. So for the last you know, four months, you have been here almost 40 hours a week. Yeah. And it has made me so much more productive because I have accountability. <laughs> that has nothing to do with being a beginner. It's just me saying thank you. Oh, well, I, that's very sweet. However, I do think that it does have something to do with being a beginner because we get in our own heads and having someone else there to bring you out of that really helps. And that's why these classes that make do, I think, are really cool because someone can look over and be like, that looks really nice. And you might have been thinking to yourself, wait, what? Don't you see all of these mistakes? This is terrible. And in that community, someone has broken you out of that sort of like narrative in your head. And so being together, we are yeah. able to, to break that. It is fun to be a beginner, I think. Or not to be a beginner, to be at the beginning. There's a, a level of anticipation and excitement. Yeah, there's like adventure. The whole thing is like laid out in front of you. It could be anything. You don't know what to expect. I think um, maybe not necessarily being a beginner, but being at the beginning is exciting. So we probably have a lot of people who are listening who will try to be beginners here soon or, or 
are currently struggling through being beginners, what is something that you would say to them as they are starting something new? Okay, I have three things. Oh, good. How many things do you have? I think I also have three, but they might be the same since okay. we've been on this we'll like go wavelength. We'll back and forth. We'll see. Okay. Okay, so my first thing would be, I guess it's just what I was saying, to embrace that excitement of the beginning and let go of the expectations that you have about where that process is going to take you. I think that kind of leads into one of the things that I was thinking about was going into it knowing that there's going to be mistakes and that's okay. So letting go of that sense of perfection and just, okay, there's going to be mistakes and just kind of rolling with it. Because then they can't surprise you. Like you're yeah. already expecting there's going to be mistakes. Oh, hey, here's one. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, okay, I'll deal with it and then move on. So yeah, that's good. I think another thing to help you be a good beginner is to ask for help. Yes. Um, and to learn from the experiences of others. So if I want to ask for help, I want to ask YouTube. I don't want to like, cause then I can have some anonymity. Oh yeah. In my need for help, getting help from a real person and being willing to ask for that. That also feeds into one of mine, which was finding multiple resources when you're beginning something. Uh, I'm a big reader, and I believe there's a book out there that can teach you to do anything. Finding that along with videos and then having a real person there as well, because you get different experiences from each of those things, and maybe you're able to grasp something visually through a YouTube video that you wouldn't get from a book, or maybe a book gives you the background information you need in order to complete this. Right. And then you get the experience from a person. Um, don't limit yourself. Be, be open to the various types of resources that are out there. Well, and sometimes, because, you know, I said ask for help, but sometimes you don't even know what to ask for. Or like, you don't yeah. even know what the question is because either you don't have enough experience with the problem or you just can't find, like, you can't put it into perspective. You don't know what you need to ask. And so accumulating multiple resources, I think, helps give you a good picture of the whole thing. Absolutely. But also with that, you don't have to wait to start until you have all your resources. Oh, no. You could be, you know, you could be halfway into a project and think, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you can go out and do that research because then you might have some of those questions that at the beginning you're like, I don't even know what to ask. Yeah. Okay, so my last tip to help you kind of embrace your beginnerhood is to accept encouragement. Oh. A lot of times, if I'm trying something new and someone is trying to encourage me in it, I don't trust that thing. It can be hard to trust that someone means it when they're encouraging you. So you don't, if you're in a class at McDo or, if, or when I'm being a beginner um, and someone tells me that I'm doing a good job and really I'm talking to myself as much as to whoever is listening <laughs> Amen. is to accept that as encouragement to keep going as a commentary on the effort that I'm putting in as a beginner even more so than whatever it is that I'm working on okay and I have a tip for all of those people who want to encourage people who are beginners Picking something specific when you encourage someone always helps. So the next time you're encouraging a beginner, try to pick out a specific detail that you know that is that they're doing a good job in, and that really helps with that sort of, oh, are they just saying it because yeah. to be nice? Or Yeah. I think along with that, someone might not be doing a good job. Like whatever yes. they're making might not be good. But they're there. They showed up. They're having resilience and tenacity to keep doing the thing. And I think you can call out those things. You can encourage people in that, too. It doesn't always have to be about the project. I think that's what we're really hitting home here. Guess what? It's not about how the project no. looks. We, the encouragement, the, the confidence, all of that does not come from the aesthetic of whatever you're working on. It comes from the process. Yeah. Well, even today in the weaving class, um, we've got a weaving class going on with three um, teenage girls. And one of them was like, uh, what did she say? I don't like this. I don't think I like this very much. Oh, yeah. And I said, why not? And she said, well, I'm not good at it. And I think that my response to her was something along the lines of, 
well, I'm really proud of you that you're here. Like you're still doing it. You didn't quit. Yes, absolutely. That tenacity is some is something that you picked out and you were able to encourage. And that and that's okay. If you're trying something for the first time and you're like, man, I don't like this. That's okay too. You've tried it. You've experienced it. And you were able to give it, you know. Lick the pickle, put it back in the jar. (laughs) That's what my sister, my youngest sister would, uh, when we were little and she would be trying new food, she was very picky. Yes. She would like lick something and decide if she liked it or not. And one time I remember we had some sweet pickles and she like licked the pickle. It was like, I don't like that. And stuck (gasps) it back in the jar. Oh man. Like you don't have to eat the whole pickle, but at least try it. Yeah. Take a little nibble. Yeah. So the last thing that I have on here is take breaks. Oh, that's a good one. Like maybe you're on the side of Joe where you get really obsessed. obsessed. (laughs) Yes. And then go to sleep. Yeah. Go to sleep. (laughs) Get a good solid eight, seven, six hours and try it again. Or especially if you're frustrated, um, my husband can attest to this. If you're frustrated and you're just constantly sitting at, well, when I'm sitting at my sewing machine, or if you're constantly trying to chip away at this project or at this skill that you're trying to learn and you're not getting anywhere, walk away from it. Go do something else. Do something that you are good at. Go have a cookie. Go go take a nap. I'm really good at having cookies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then have enough courage to then come back to it later and try again. That's a good one. That's a good one to end on. We'll take a break. Yes. From recording. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Yes. And just listening to it is encouraging us. So thank you. It is. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you to my dear, dear friend, Craig Hudson, for our very createful theme music. You can hear more of Craig's music on Spotify under Craig Hudson. That's Hudson with a T. Or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. Also, be sure to connect with Make Do on Instagram at Make Do Create or on Facebook at Make Do Cersei. And visit our website, makedocreate.org, for upcoming classes, show notes, to order a face mask, lots of things. We'll be back here with another episode next Monday. Have a good week, y'all.